The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Hello, one and all. This week Mark and I were both out, unable to record because we had some stuff going on in which we weren't able to align the planets and get you a new episode. However, patrons, you well know that we have a ton of exclusive content over on Patreon, such as Claire Continues, A Case of the Runs, Remzo vs. DCEU, and so much more. So today, we are going to go ahead and give you another preview of what is behind the Patreon paywall by airing a recent episode of Remzo vs. DCEU featuring everyone's favorite, Token Uncle Brody. So if you enjoy this, you can get access to this in our wild and wacky long catalog of exclusive Patreon shows that you can get for as little as $5 a month at patreon.com slash secondprintpod. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this look into the Patreon vault. We'll see you next week with a brand new episode. See ya. We're back with another edition of Remzo versus the DCEU. Last couple of weeks, we've gone ahead and hit Man of Steel and Wonder Woman. Uh, both films that I didn't want to change too much of the plot of. I didn't change any of the castings. I didn't change remarkably enough. It was really just maybe a bit of the tempo, maybe a bit of the subplots, just a few mm-hmm. tinkering here and there. This is going to be kind of a different episode, so we went ahead and brought back Token Uncle Brody for this one because this is a film that people either have a love-hate relationship with. They either absolutely um, you know, dedicate themselves as diehards for this film or they think it's absolutely atrocious. Before we go ahead and start, we are doing this in video, and patrons heard it first over at patreon.com slash secondprintpod. You're probably wondering, why is the audio a bit strange today? Why is Remzo covering half his face with his mic on the video version? Well, might as well just let you know that there's nothing wrong with the tech. It's just that I can't actually use my right ear. I can't put headsets on. I don't own a pair of earbuds that can go ahead and plug into my jack right now because my last uh, set broke. Um, I was at a open mat in Milwaukee today, and somebody decided to try and rip my ear off. So instead of um, you know just succumbing to cauliflower ear or getting it ripped off like Mike Tyson on a bad day, I thought I'm just going to go ahead and try and salvage what uh, what cartilage and hearing I have left on that side. Good for me. It's it's my partially deaf ear. Uh, taxpayers, I'd like to thank you for the explosions in the army that were a little too close to that. But, you know, we got to work with what we got to work with because we've got a thing called deadlines. And if I don't make mine, I get completely chewed out by Mark down in Florida, God's country. So we'll just go ahead and jump in with this. Batman versus Superman 2017. Um, was not a fan of the, of the theatrical version for today's reference. We'll be talking about the ultimate edition, the Snyder cut version of the film, as you will, that's available on HBO max. And then the DVD deluxe series that adds about an extra 45 minutes of footage. Um, this is a movie that I did not like when I saw it in theaters over time though, especially when I saw the full director's cut, 
I really began to admire this movie. I think this was Calville when he was really starting to show that he was the definitive Superman for a new generation. Um, I really warmed up to Ben Affleck's portrayal as Batman after several, about three, four years of being like, ah, are they going to get the guy from Daredevil to be Batman? Uh, he's become my absolutely favorite Bruce Wayne Batman, maybe other than Michael Keaton. And, you know, there, there's a lot in this film that you can appreciate, especially when you go ahead and watch Zack Snyder's Justice League. So I've got some thoughts on it, good and bad. I, I think this is going to be a different type of, you know, recut episode. But, you know, first, first thoughts, when you walked out of theaters after seeing BVS, Dawn of Justice, how did you feel about this movie? I, I didn't love it the first time around. And I thought that, you know, some of the signature dislikes is like the whole Lego Batman look. E.D. <laughs> <laughs> Batman. Um, um, yeah, Batman with the LED lights. Um, you know, that just ate, I couldn't stop thinking it's Lego Batman. Like the whole time that he came out, because it's a long movie. And if you watch the Snyder Cut, it's an even longer movie. It's so like three and a half hours. Yeah, so I'm, I'm watching this damn thing, and I'm like, and the first, first, first time I watch it, just the whole, like the helmet lit up and everything. Um, Gal Gadot is a welcomed uh, addition to this movie. I thought, I thought it was great. Um, and Henry Cavill, or I don't even know how to say his last name. I don't really think he's ever done anything that's really bad. I know he was in Tudors for a while. I know he was in, in um, he did um, some movie about a god years ago, about the god who went to Minotaur. Uh, mortals. I uh, saw him, ironically, I saw him in high school in Pride and Prejudice. Oh, yeah? yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, yeah, you know, just I think he's re- just a really good actor. Why he's no longer Superman and why they were waffling back and forth on keeping him. I have no idea because I think, um, granted, there's only been three Superman movies, I think, well, with three different actors is what I'm trying to say. Is that right? Yeah, unless you're counting the stuff from like the 40s and 50s. Yeah, I'm not, I don't count that stuff straight for me. So, you know, Christopher Reeves, uh, the one guy who ended up being Adam. Brandon <laughs> CW. Brandon Routh, yeah. You know, and then we have Henry. And I think, you know, Christopher Reeves being – you know, definitive, you know, being the my Superman from my youth, but Cavill took it over. This movie, I walked out of this movie and I was just like, I don't, I don't know what to make of it. And, and I, and I have little snippets of, so for you, for, for people that I, you know, for people who, I don't know if they caught little, little Easter eggs here and there. It, I, I got blown up. I rewatched it last night and I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> and I kept catching little, little things, but I have a different take on it now. I'll just tell you that. Yeah, I'll just I'll just go ahead and rip the Band-Aid off. Well, okay. I think the film is scrutinized for the wrong reasons. I mm-hmm. ultimately think that, you know, from the title to the additions of certain characters, yeah. this was not this was not really a genuine Man of Steel sequel. If anything, I think no. if people watch it and they see it as a Batman movie with Superman, Mm-hmm. Then the whole, you know, perception kind of changes because mm-hmm. I was watching it more of a Man of Steel sequel. And then you get trapped in with like a dozen subplots and Batman takes over for a quarter of the film. And it just right. seems a bit jarring. Um, right. If I could just change one thing, I would not have done this story. Okay. I, I, I would have I would have either done a flat Batman reboot or a straight Man of Steel sequel. I think what they tried to do with this was a bad attempt of universe building. And I say that with a lot of love for Zack Snyder. I think his castings were perfect. I -hmm. think, um, you know, a lot of the stuff that is very Zack Snydery in terms of how he filmed it, how he includes certain stuff like the nightmare sequence, which I really do love. Um, I think that was perfect. I think cinematically he's the one director who understands Batman to his core. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could take any screenshot of any scene that Ben Affleck is in and you can find a panel equivalent from, you know, the Frank Miller era or the Denny right. O'Neill era. I mean, cinematically, you compare this to a film like The Avengers four years prior by Joss Whedon. Um, right. it, it looks like something made for TV. And that was also my criticism of Justice League. But that, that's a whole other thing. I, mm-hmm. I, I would have I would have gone straight sequel. If they wanted okay. to go ahead and have you know one or both characters featured in the same film, 
they had to at least cut some of the subplots. Um, one, while I, it's nothing against Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot has no purpose in this movie. She's really just kind of, no. and that I think is a disservice to a big character. And that's mm-hmm. another thing. It's like, if you're going to introduce a member of the Trinity into your cinematic universe, I don't like the idea of them playing second marquee mm-hmm. to another hero. And it's not that I believe Batman is greater or lesser than Superman in that regard, but right. I, I think it's just kind of strange for both. So I, I would have gone either do a flat Batman remake set mm-hmm. in the Snyderverse, or right. go right. ahead and have it be a direct man of steel too. Um, as people were expecting for years. I mean, I think ultimately you've got the Luther plot, you've got the doomsday plot, you got the justice league setup plot, you've got mm-hmm. all this stuff going on and mm-hmm. that takes people in a lot of different directions. And then when you watch the right. ultimate edition, which is my favorite edition, then you've got the nightmare uh, subplot. You've got mm-hmm. uh, the lady who's dealing with the war crimes subplot who gets pushed in front of a fucking bus and stuff like that. Like you've got yeah, yeah. so many things going on that it's hard to keep track. And you just feel, as my wife said, when I took her to go see it, she felt overwhelmed, especially since this was really supposed to be another jumping point for people who may have seen Man of Steel, but now they're getting mm-hmm. really introduced to the broader DCEU. Yeah, I, I agree. I think you make a really great point because I didn't realize that there hadn't been a standalone uh, Batman uh, during this time, right? Yeah. Besides the whole Christian Bale stuff, not connected to this universe. So to to make a Man of Steel sequel as a double feature, because that's kind of what it was. It was kind of like a double feature, and he kind of made it that way with the whole paneling. You know, there's like always like some panels going on in between the movie and everything. And um, I agree with your wife. I think I think it is a lot. I'm like, well, what's going on here? What's this story? I think the casting and Lex Luthor's. I don't. You might disagree. I think it's horrible. I Jesse don't like Jesse Eisenberg. Yeah, I mean Jesse Eisenberg had that was definitely if okay, if if um who's the guy who plays Flash? If Ezra Miller was a studio casting, mm-hmm. then Jesse Eisenberg was absolutely a studio casting because yeah, I don't I don't understand how that ever made sense. And I don't understand how he portrayed Lex Luthor. Lex Luthor, it's cold, calculating, educated, cocky as fuck. I mean, he is I am He's the definition of I am better than you. I am above you. I am the alpha man, okay, besides him and Batman going back and forth. I'm that guy. You know, he's talking, he's stuttering, he's, he's getting lost in his things. And, and, and he's all, I'm like, I'm like what? A bigger ego problem. <laughs> I mean, watching that, like, I'm like, is he doing yeah. Mark Zuckerberg from the social network? Yeah, yeah, I I don't. I didn't. I didn't quite get it because that's Luther has never been that way. Luther would tell you to go fuck yourself, and you're welcome. <laughs> and then he'll walk out, you know. But at the same time, he'll solve whatever equation, and he'll he's the smartest man in the world, and and everything. But he's he's a dawn, you know. If that, if that makes any sense to anybody, there he is just a old school like he's the Godfather. Lex Luther is it, and. To portray him as a uh, as this fidgety, uh, like, I don't know, character that's out of not out of control, but but can't focus his thoughts and everything. I'm like Luther's cold and calculating. There's no way that you know this is going on. And then all the all the like ridiculous anecdotes. Hello, uh, Batman for one. I'm like, what the hell? And I I I hated it. Yet in the Justice League version. <laughs> In the you know that Justice League version later yeah. on, would I, I don't I don't mind that Lex Luthor because he was kind of a dick, and I was like, that's Lex Luthor mm-hmm. right there. So, who is uh who is the guy who played Lex Luthor in the Reeves films? Uh, Gene Hackman. Gene Hackman. Like I could yeah. kind of see him being kind of like a Gene Hackman, but I, I would still say that my favorite portrayal of Lex Luthor is Kevin Spacey. Because he still comes up as a bit of a sociopath. Yeah. Yeah. And I from that, that from that movie. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh yeah. I mean, we can talk about the other stuff, but like in terms yeah, of like yeah. how I expect him to be on film, especially in a Zack Snyder movie, I was expecting way more Kevin Spacey like portrayals right. 
than what we ended up getting because then it's like you know he's too he, he's too serious it's like he's too serious for superman but he's also like too crazy for batman it's like yeah. they tried to almost do a merger of like you know the zany batman villain and then like the the, the dark batman villain. yeah it, it just it just didn't make sense and here and here's right. the other thing like i i don't have a problem now with with his portrayal because he it's very very clear that he is pulling um zack snyder is pulling his batman concept from the dark knight returns my thing is like i wish there was a little bit more setup to that because watching batman kill people at the time was very much a red flag for me when he's Mm -hmm. pancaking people with the batmobile when he's shooting people um, with fucking turrets and everything when he's like, <laughs> yeah. branding people like that was a yeah. bit much like you, you have to ease somebody into that Batman because right, right, right. for, for a first introduction into that character, it's jarring. And it's not that I don't think there's a place for that because especially in Zack Snyder's justice league, where there's some significant payoff to a lot of that Batman setup, you go from that to then Joss Whedon's justice league, where he's talking about how he missed Superman and shit like that. And how he suddenly, you know, he's developed a sense of humor. You can't have it both ways. And and in this film, he went so radically dark with that. It, it almost makes him, I I don't know. It it, it wasn't for me, a first viewing. It was just a lot to take in, especially since they were guaranteeing that this is going to be Batman for like the next 10 years or something like that. Right. Right. No, I, I, I'm not a Ben Affleck hater for Batman. He's a pretty damn good actor. And in a couple of parts of it, they had, you know, that whole dialogue in which, you know, they're in that, that, that party and they're talking about, you know, Batman vigilante and whatever. And they're talking back and forth. And Bruce Wayne is such a dick in that part, but he's still kind of cool. And I'm like, okay, this, I get the boy scout and the billionaire that, and that's, I'm like, this is cool. Um, I, I, I just like you and whatever, I don't know how it, how it turned from, okay, Batman, do you bleed and all this other stuff to I'm a, I don't know. I'm a robot Batman with a gigantic spear and I have to kill Superman. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't, how did that tie in? Why do I have to kill Superman? I don't, Oh, if I if there's one one percent that he can do it, then I have to take it. Then have the weapon ready. Why do you gotta kill him? <laughs> Why yeah, do you gotta kill him really, right now? <laughs> he really jumps the shark of that one. And, and <laughs> yeah, in my viewing, you know, I, I really had to remember it's like this is like double PTSD Batman. One, yes, you see, you know, basically the reintroduction of the Martha and Thomas Wayne murder. Um, mm-hmm. then you go ahead and immediately you jump into the flashback sequence of the, uh, Kryptonian attack on Metropolis from right, Man of right. So it's like, you know, he's, there's a man who has had significant loss and then to really dive deep, you understand that this is an older seasoned Batman, significantly older than Superman. He's already lost a Robin. Um, so like that, that leap of, would I believe that he could probably just jump to killing? I, I kind of have to accept that that's just kind of a thing but at the same time you know it's like if you want to talk about people who have killed more people batman in the first half hour of that movie a body count yeah shooting shooting a gun or like i i I know like towards there's another big major uh batman fight scene when he's trying to save martha right which is, which is my favorite Batman fight scene of all time. But at the same time, he's, he's shooting guns, people, blowing yeah. people up, shooting guns. I'm like, what I know. I'm like, this is not the Batman does not kill. He does not kill I mean, comics. You know, Batman does not kill. Batman does not kill in Christian Bale movies. Batman just doesn't kill. But uh, real quick in the very opening scene, right? when um, Or the Batman scene. When uh, the Waynes are walking down the dark alley and everything, it's a little uh, a little tribute to uh, the Walking Dead because that's Negan, and then the girl Maggie. next to him it is Maggie. Yeah, so I didn't notice that until last night. I'm like, oh, okay, well, Walking Dead tribute right there. So I thought that was pretty cool. 
That was the um, casting because the the guy who plays the comedian, I'm sorry, the guy who plays Negan, who also played the comedian, the comedian watchman, um, he was originally, well, he didn't sign on because there wasn't a contract shown to him, but it was highly inferred that he was going to be the Thomas Wayne flashpoint Batman in the event. And that all got thrown out the window when of course um, you know that those bastards at AT&T were like no Warner Brothers you're going to go ahead and bring back Keaton which I'm still on the fence about because I don't know how it's going to work in Flash but I, I would have definitely loved to have seen a uh, Negan Batman I, I think I think the Keaton Batman is is still going to be good because he is a smart ass and he like the shit that he, that's going to come out of his mouth it's going to be fine but I mean it, it's going to be it, it can't be something that continues right it's got to be kind of like a one shot because he's he's old as hell. I mean, Michael Keaton's old. Michael Keaton. Nobody wants to see like a seventy year old Batman. I mean, these are this is the same studio that said that, and this is coming from James Gunn. James Gunn, who went ahead and said that Henry Calvill was too old to be Superman. See, I mean, did <sighs> this whole this whole recasting and everything is is bothered me so much. Listen, Black Adam was not a good movie, okay? It was entertaining sometimes, okay? The Rock is really The Rock is Black Adam, okay? I really there was if there was ever a Black Adam, it was The Rock. But how do you how do you make this movie that, you know, granted it didn't I don't know if it had a lot of success because it was so expensive. Um, but then you have that ending scene, you know? And it was like I mean, I was losing my shit watching that ending scene. I'm like a 47 year old man screaming at a theater. So that's oh, the that's theater, something else. The theater when yeah. I went to go see it was just every people were on their feet, losing yeah, their it, fucking minds. It was it was nuts. So the way that James Gunn and and AT and T and the studios and whatever are doing to destroy this universe is whatever. Because Zack Snyder cut of Justice League really set that whole franchise up to move forward. Um, but this movie here, the, the one that we're talking about, man, I, I really did think that the acting is, is it was, it was pretty good. And Amy Adams is a good actress and Diane Lane and Lawrence Fishburne. I mean, the cast, I think is, is really, is really strong. Um, even, um, God, who's the Senator Holly, 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 something. She's even really good in that role. Yeah. Yeah. And the Senator. Yeah, yeah, when they blew her up in the whole, in the whole thing. So I, I think that the, the movie really does have some wins. I mean, it really does have some really solid scenes, whether they're fighting or it's a dialogue type thing. They but even made um, Jimmy Olsen, a character you can empathize with for like five minutes. I'm like, damn, like they did Jimmy Bra. Um, I, I like think, right away. Yeah, like, do, do you think they do you think it was right for them to try and shoehorn so many different characters and so many different subplots in order to race to justice league or would you have liked to have established who this snyder verse batman is continuing on with you know superman as he's actually now a actual superhero instead of just figuring out whether he should save the planet or not well, I think the way it should have gone is a lot how you said. We should have had a definite independent Batman movie, right? And then we should have – the next movie should have been um, uh, uh, Man of Steel versus uh, Batman. And then we move forward into into the Justice League. Um, I, I think the way that they did it, I think you're absolutely right. And I think they rushed through everything. I think they rushed through this movie – to get to the Justice League, and they were just throwing stuff out there. Look at this thing. Look at this. Look at this. And it was like, listen, I, it's cool, but you're giving me a lot to follow, and I'm not kind of following sometimes. And the one thing that I hate as a viewer is that I have to rewatch it to figure it out again. And I don't. I, I'd like to figure it out the first time around. You know, I, I'm also not a fan of of repurposing villains, especially dead villains. This was, and it is totally a side topic. Uh, I, I saw Creed three on opening night, okay. and I, I love the Creed. I love the Creed and the Rocky franchise. My only problem yeah. with Creed, and this isn't a spoiler, but like you know, they bring back the bad guy or the antagonist from the first film. 
uh, pretty, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, uh, some pretty non-roid or something. The, the guy that, okay. that Adonis has to fight in the first film, the British guy. Uh, they bring okay. him back in the in the introduction of Creed three, and Creed okay. disposes of him like he's fucking nothing. Then they go ahead and they bring back uh, Victor Drago, who was like this giant looming villain <laughs> yeah, in yeah. Creed two, who did a fantastic Creed job. Two. And they quickly mm-hmm. dispose of him, and then suddenly him and Creed are friends. So it's like I don't like it when they reshuffle villains or reuse villains mm-hmm. and stuff like that, but their presence seems dimmed. I think okay. them using Zod to be Doomsday was a bad move. I, one, I, I was not a fan of them shoehorning the Death of Superman plot in there. I think it took away the gravity of the situation. It didn't make any sense. And how they did it with the, you know, using Michael Shannon's dead body to bring the yeah. CGI monstrosity in a bad way, too, because he doesn't even look yeah. like Doomsday. It's just no. a generic CGI monster who is apparently yeah. a fucking nuclear power plant, too. I, I thought, yeah, who's a nuclear power plant and he looks like a Ninja Turtle. I mean, so it was like Bebop or Rocksteady. It was just weird. And what, what frustrates me is that that was actually what Snyder wanted to do. So this is one of the few times I'll actually say Snyder actually did something that i really did not like i did not think that the that. subplot should have been in there i i don't know why you have to squeeze two major events just like you said the whole batman second half of the movie was the dark knight returns mm-hmm. right or dark knights the whole uh fr- is it the frank miller yeah dark knight or, returns right so, so it's all that it, it, you can just get the feel for that and then why do we have to have death of superman also you know i don't why are we doing two major things? We're kind of diminishing those two storylines. They would have a, a great standalone movie with that and a great standalone movie with this. And then we could do the age of Superman and do whatever, you know, we could do that. But no, I, I, I didn't like that at all. One bit. I, one bit. I, I don't know why they, they crammed everything in, into the movie. I didn't like the, introducing doomsday. Uh, doomsday is, is, you know, Doomsday is not a power. Is not a uh, a power generator, like you said. He doesn't shoot lasers. He doesn't do this and that. Yes, his uh, uh, bones or horns or whatever get larger and larger. And yes, he gets more badass as the more you fight him. But no, is he like shooting? Is he like shooting lasers and shit? Absolutely not. It was uh, I, I don't know. And I'll get into the whole Doomsday Steph- Steppenwolf shit also. Because that that throws me off. Oh yeah, that, that made no sense either. Yeah, yeah, that that um. No, I'm talking about stuff. I, okay, I think you and I have talked about this before. It's like Wonder Woman was kind of handling her her own against Doomsday. Mm-hmm. Okay, she wasn't beating him, but and she was getting thrown around. But she was like, okay, Wonder Woman couldn't do shit against Steppenwolf. Okay. Neither could Batman. Now, Batman's out of the equation because he doesn't even belong in this conversation. It's fighting does too. But like when it came to Aquaman or, or Cyborg or anybody else, Stephen Wolf was owning their ass. So are you telling me that Stephen Wolf, a, a, a third generation new god <laughs> that nobody knows about or, or cares about, okay? I say third generation. I think he's part of the original cast. But regardless i mean he's he's not a player he's not a player and you're making him stronger almost than doomsday i I say that about all of the uh, villains leading up to the joss whedon abortion film i mean zod was a justice league level threat um you know doomsday was absolutely a justice league level threat i would even say that um that aries from wonder woman was a justice league level threat and they yes. all subdue them by themselves. You know, take, take Doomsday out of that one. Mm-hmm. Steppenwolf was somebody who any of them could have very easily beaten in the Whedon version, which is why right. when the, the Snyder Cut comes out, they, you know, and I think it's important that, you know, from the way it starts, they they recognize it's like Superman is dead because of because of this creature that could kill the last Kryptonian. He has basically opened the floodgates for the armies of apocalypse to try and conquer earth again. Like that's when Steppenwolf is a justice league level threat, both in plan (laughs) and physicality. This, this this should not have been, you know, this, this was like, this was like 
obviously a Justice League precursor. You even have it so much in how they introduced the Flash, which is an, another thing that just bothered me. They they watered down their characters, and when they had um, the very poorly done CGI Flash coming back from the night, nightmare sequence, that was mm-hmm. bad. That was almost um, as bad as when they brought back the Flash again for his five second cameo in in 2016 Suicide Squad. It made mm-hmm. absolutely no sense. Here's where here's where I'm going to propose a middle ground. Seeing how okay. I originally I just said I wouldn't have done this story at all. I would have had either be a man of a man of steel sequel or a flat out Batman. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. And solo film. If they were go- if they had to go ahead and introduce Batman in this movie, one, no Doomsday, two, uh, no Wonder Woman because she just doesn't serve a purpose in this film. Okay. I would have cut down the runtime to an hour and a half. I would have still probably kept Lex Luthor because they had very highly you know shown Lex Corp and everything in Man of Steel. It just made okay. sense. I would have probably. I would have, if I could have my dream casting right now, I would have Brian Cranston as Lex Luthor. <laughs> yes. Would I would be, have yeah. Brian Cranston, yeah. who is first, he tries to get Superman because Superman doesn't play well with the government. First, he tries to get Superman to do stuff for LexCorp because LexCorp is kind of like a damage control type of of uh, of company now they're cleaning up the kryptonian wreckage and everything i kind of like that stuff um because superman doesn't trust them and because lex is obviously an alien xenophobe and everything he uses he fig one i would say he figured because lex is supposed to be fucking smart I, this is why i like uh, yeah. lex in the comics because he actually deduces who batman's identity is way in yeah. advance he always knows that he just doesn't do anything about it i would say that he knows who bruce wayne it really is. He knows who Batman really is. And because he doesn't want to go ahead and get his own hands dirty, he goes ahead and fabricates a potential reinvasion of the Kryptonians. And he does a lot more to go ahead and pit Batman versus Superman, even so okay. much so as playing on his fears of the nightmare scenario. Part of me really wants to keep it in because it's so cool. But in this, in this scenario, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think, okay. night, I don't think the nightmare subplot would have made sense. But what I would have done is I would have had him instead of like you know, um, sending sending like mean letters from the from the guy without legs and shit like that. I would have said that Lex should go ahead and fake Kryptonian terror attacks, like outright, like you know, Zod's army is still here. We're coming for you. We're just a guerrilla insurgency. He would have basically faked Kryptonian, uh, Kryptonian terrorist attacks, and he would have basically made it seem like Superman was behind it, like Superman, who everyone thought was their hero. It's actually a, a deeper insurgency in which Superman is going to go ahead and take over the world. And if I have to have the nightmare sequence in there, I would have had it not with Doomsday's armies, not with um, you know his – his uh, parademons and stuff like that. Right, I would have right, had right. him fighting outright Kryptonians. Like he's no, fighting Ursa. He's fighting Ursa and everyone else. And it's just a nightmare. There is no flash coming back in time to say, it's a vision. You have to do it. I would have basically had to be like, no, it's Batman, Lois. Yeah, Batman <laughs> is being manipulated. Batman is intentionally yeah. being manipulated by somebody who's actually smarter than him. Yes. Because that's the yes. one thing we've ever really seen outside of Bane and the dark Knight rises, make Luther right. smarter than Batman. Luther in yeah. the comics is actually 
Well, in, in some in some areas that he's number two to Batman, but make him number yeah. one. Make him yeah. really fuck with his head in his in his Brian Cranston way. Make him so paranoid and give him enough reasons to think, yeah, this guy is there's not a one percent chance. This guy is actively attacking humanity. Right, then right. you go ahead and have, you know, the, the giant Dark Knight returns fight and everything else. And then um, I don't know, make Luther do something generic, like threaten to blow up a kryptonite bomb in the middle of Metropolis or Gotham or something like that. No, I think that's a really great, uh, great idea. I mean, are you writing screenplays? I, mean, I should, you, get you paid should really, because <laughs> that's a really good idea for that, for that movie. And, uh, no, that, that, it's somebody that movie got paid a lot of money to write a really shitty script. That's what bothers yeah. me. So let me, let me ask you, cause I was, I was just about to, to say this. Does it bother you that J.C. Eisenberg looks so much younger than everybody else? To me, it was like, he's yeah. a kid. How the hell is he Lex Luthor? You know, that, that kind of like threw me off a lot. Lex Luthor really, that casting, again, I, I just repeat what I said earlier, just really killed it. Killed a lot for me because he's, that is not what Lex Luthor does, acts, anything. In any animated film that Luthor's been in, in any kind of real Luther film he's been in in any in any anything comic, he was not that, and that just really, I mean, I, I can understand an actor wanting some room to 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 play with the character. That was um, that was that was definitely negative. That was, there was that a was really not- really shitty theory that this that Warner <laughs> Brothers was kind of putting out, in which that what they were trying. And it was industry leaks and rumors. So, I mean, take it with a grain of salt. But there was a very present theory when uh, Batman versus Superman came out that that was not the actual Lex Luthor. Oh, that okay. was Alexander Luthor. And hey, that you know in what? Your film, we would have had the OG Lex. That would make sense because the Alexander Luthor had long red hair and stuff like that. And was so, younger. Right. So if that's what we're going with, then that would make more sense. I still did not like it, but that would make more sense to me. If, if that make, was, it doesn't make sense though. Because yeah. Why would you, it, it, it seems like to me when I was going into the theater thinking, because I actually thought, Oh, this is Alexander Luther. And that's very much established, especially when you watch the ultimate edition in which he is arrested in the Kryptonian ship. And he has the, you know, the, the image of Steppenwolf in front of him and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They very much established that this is Lex Luthor outright when they take him to jail and they shave his head and everything. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. I, I just, I, I just think that that's just unnecessary to me that almost felt like they were trying to pull off their own Mandarin bullshit, like an Iron Man. Okay. Theory. Like, Oh, okay. you think this guy's the Mandarin, but no, it's actually somebody else. And the real Mandarin is out there and, it just it just doesn't it doesn't play well. Yeah, no, it, it doesn't play well at all. So I'm um, I, I I don't know. I when it comes to this movie overall, um, I'll say like I said before, I, I wasn't crazy about it the first time around. I watched it last night all over again. I mean, you could take it down from three hours and fifteen minutes original cut. You can make that a two and a half, two forty five movie, and you're yeah. good. You know. Um, the length is, is a little bothersome because it just takes forever. I have watched the just Zack Snyder's Justice League like three or four times easily. And I'll watch it again today if I feel like it because I really like that movie. It's not the greatest movie in the world, but I just really like that movie. I, I love it. Um, I can't say that about this movie. You know, um, this movie here has a lot of things that, that could uh, that work for me. I really like one of the opening scenes in which you see Batman and he's up against the wall. He's like this on the corner. Mm-hmm. And that's a DC. That, yeah. DC year one Batman year one outfit that he has on. Yeah. And he's just like that. And I was like, Oh, that's really good. <laughs> I mean, for the first scene, I was like, Oh, you nailed it. You know? And um, so that, I think to me that worked well. Also that we haven't, we haven't had this ever. We haven't had a Batman as big as Ben Affleck, okay? I He's yoked, big, it. huge. Yeah, he is huge, okay? So when you see him in the thing and he's like all swollen, it's like, wait, that's not Christian Bale. <laughs> oh, wait, that's not this or definitely not the new Batman. Those guys are all skinny. This guy is just 
so big. So when I think when he's wearing his Lego Batman outfit, I think it looks even like more ridiculous because he's as big as he is. But he he is just he's just so yoked. And for me, it took me a a, a, a second to be like, "Fuck, man, that's big!" <laughs> and when he's doing the pull ups, bigger than Calville. Yeah, bigger yes, than he was. Well, you know, I I met Ben Affleck and not dropping any names or anything. It was just a picture. And um, this is in the C note days. And um, he's all a six four, six five, easy. And he's a big guy. I met him in Miami. He's a big fucking guy. So I was like, okay. So when I see him in this, and he's as yoked as he is, and and he is, he's taller than Kevin, and he's 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 bigger. Now Kevin gets significantly more ripped in the uh, in the in the Justice League movie. Yeah, I think like he's like in like that uh, human growth hormone. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it is, that he actually had to bulk up to be bigger for when he was the Witcher than when he oh, was oh. Superman, gotcha, which is gotcha. wild. Which is why when he came out in Black Adam, like he looks like he's gained an extra like 30, 40 pounds of yeah, just yeah. fucking muscle. But with Affleck, I mean, my one of my favorite scenes is is the fucking I call it the Rocky montage, okay. where he's just like you know throwing weights and shit like that oh. pull-ups of shit and i'm just like yeah he's creating like, he's it. creating his, his kryptonite lance and he's yeah, working out like, that is just fucking hardcore you see when <laughs> this is why i always have to go ahead and praise Zack snyder because he had a fucking gym on set and he would train with the actors and stuff and when you oh, see cool. dc care dc actors training for a role they're oh, like I'm you sure. know at the gym 12 hours a day when a marvel sure. actor is training for a role it's like look at me taking a selfie reading the comics it's like no look ripped like look unhuman it's like i don't want to see characters that remind me of myself no i am not a superhero i want to see ben affleck with an eight with like a nine pack like beating <laughs> fucking superman that's what i want to spend money on i mean it's no. just, um, well, yeah. <laughs> well you did because you saw that <laughs> Yeah. What he's up there. <laughs> it's just like, I'm watching it. I'm like, damn, Affleck. <laughs> like, do your thing, man. I believe this is real. <laughs> when do you fight Superman, Ben? When is that happening? <laughs> I just ha- I just want to say that the moment that he got his life around, divorced Jennifer Aniston, and then committed to just being fucking Batman, that's when J-Lo came back. So I'm not saying anything, but there's a large connection. She was like, you hey. know, I want to go to Gotham City myself. It's like, yeah, girl, go do your thing. But it was, um, you know, I, I think this movie, as much as I like it, I've liked it more over time, but I can't deny the fact that I probably – give it a lot more, you know, I, I apologize for a lot of its misgivings and mistakes a lot more only because of Zack Snyder's justice league, Zack Snyder's yeah. justice league takes this movie from like a 6.5 to a seven. It's okay. only because of that. And I, okay. and I can't, and I can't deny that because in a vacuum mm-hmm. suicide squad doesn't make Batman any better. Because of Jared Leto's Bat- Joker. It doesn't make him any better. Uh, Josh Whedon's Justice League absolutely brings that down another two notches because he doesn't know how to write Batman. And right. that's, what, that's what Ben Affleck said in a recent interview when he confirmed that he will not be directing a Batman movie or any DC projects under James Gunn. He was just like, Whedon just didn't fucking get it. I didn't feel like until you know the Flash and the quote five minutes he's in it that he really felt like somebody got him down other than Zack Snyder. Right. <laughs> I think like with with like the Justice League and I think Batman kind of his chops. You know he was more involved in everything and you got to see what you know what what he's all about more as Bruce Wayne negotiating trying to find people trying to recruit people and everything and you know getting people into uh, into the Justice League and everything like that. But um, yeah, I, I don't um, damn it, I had something in my head and I, I can't think of it right now. But I don't know. I totally forgot what I was going to say. But just basically, overall, I thought that in the, this is what I was going to say. Thank God I'm 48. I'm losing my shit. Um, I think in that movie he was really portrayed. Uh, he kind of like stood alone a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, a little bit, a little bit more. Um, but you know, it's it's really upsetting that. Some, somebody like the Joker hasn't really had its moment. And the moment that he had was three minutes or something at the end of the, whatchamacallit, 
of the, the, the Justice League. Yeah, the Snyder Cut uh, Justice League. That was League the movie. moment where it's like, okay, now Leto's cast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Leto can f- fucking play the Joker. He totally can. But we seen Harley Quinn in 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 it was a Suicide Squad that he was in the first it was one. A Suicide Squad. They don't even see him there for like they don't yeah. Even show his face in Birds of Prey. Yeah. And where? In Birds, Birds of, of Prey, Prey. They don't even show his face. Gotcha. Yeah. So that in in and you know being that. I, still, that there's no um, standalone Batman movie to go to tie in. There should have been a Batman movie standalone somewhere in the middle, and it should have been a Batman Joker type of scenario. Because they, I mean, they, if you're going to cast opportunity yeah. to throw in totally. Deathstroke, oh, oh my God, yes they did. And then like the end of of, of everything. I mean, just the way everything took place right throughout the whole thing without all the movies. It was really, really cool, but it was missing something. And the thing that it was missing, I think, was was a, a Batman standalone movie to really like, okay, this is the new fucking Batman, and this is the new Joker, and let's go forward. Did you, now, ever, will we, did you ever read the, the script synopsis for Ben Affleck's Batman script that he wrote? No, no. Basically, and it, what, what kind of adds salt to the wound is that it was titled The Batman. It was supposed to be released prior to Justice League. It was supposed okay. to originally come out in 2018. The original synopsis for this, and you can see a concept art. Like, they gave him a new costume and everything. It was fucking killer. It was, okay. a, it was essentially going to be Batman versus uh, Joe Maggiano's uh, Deathstroke. And it was almost kind okay. of like uh, Nightfall, where... <laughs> it was going to be Batman kind of going through a couple other villains who are orchestrated by Deathstroke who is trying to kill Batman. And it was just going to be, you know, more action focused than the more detective focused reboot we got with Robert Pattinson. But it would have been, it would have, they wanted it to come out after, um, after uh, Batman versus Superman. So Superman still would have been dead. All that stuff would have happened. This just mm-hmm. would have been tap. This would have been the next chapter instead of going right. straight to justice league. And, and I that's something that he wrote that Ben Affleck wrote. He was going to write direct and star in. Why not? I mean, he proves that he can do all, all of those things. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, given, give him a sh- These people at these studios, they, they, they get in their own, Effing way, and when you have somebody like I mean, granted, Ben Affleck has run the gamut: good movies, bad movies. The writer, you know, he's he's got personal issues that he hasn't. He's worked through everything like that. But you, ha- he's been on a hot run. Fucking let him run with, give him the project and let him go. Let him go, because he's going to he's going to write the shit out of it, and then he's going to act the shit out of it. I mean, did you ever see him in the town? I, I mean, I. I, I like the town, but I mean, even Argo, like he can do a suspense no, movie. Yeah, Argo is just shit. I can't. I had to stop the movie like three or four times through Argo because I was having a panic attack. <laughs> it was like, reminding me of the days in Iranian captivity. Get on the plane. <laughs> But it's like, you know, he can he can absolutely do it. And if there was ever a role that he wanted, and he's talking about this in interviews when him and his brother were they, they both did Goodwill Hunting, right? With Matt Damon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah him and Casey, uh him and Casey, Casey after did that. They you can find this. I think he did an E News or it was uh Entertainment Today or Entertainment Today E News. It was either that or People magazine in like the early two thousands. He straight up says, if I can have one role, if I could do one character, I want to be Batman. This is 20-something fucking years ago. He's like, I want to be Batman. And he lobbied for the role for years. So, I mean, if there was ever a time where it's like, listen, this guy was meant to be Batman on screen. It was And I mean, over time, like people were very anti Affleck when he was casted. And then when this movie came out, it was very much a divided audience. I think Mm -hmm. the Snyder cut sealed it, that he is the best on screen Batman cinematically. He's the best person who could portray both a blend of Batman and Bruce Wayne. He gets Mm -hmm. the physicality of it and he understands who the character is down to the core. Right. Bar none. No, I, I, I agree. I was, I was totally, I was taken. I thought, I didn't know what to expect when, when Ben was, was the Batman. 
And then what, what he gave back to me, uh, both as Bruce Wayne and as what you call it as, as the Batman, I thought I couldn't, he couldn't have done any, any more. I mean, now I think he, you know, the working out scenes and everything like that, that was freaking great. The fight scenes that, that one fight scene, I got to save Martha was legit. Now, like we talked about totally out of character, <laughs> but <laughs> legit great fight, you know? So, um, yeah, I, I, I ended up being pleasantly surprised and I ended up being, you know, like I can, I can have Ben back, uh, and, and, and have no problem with him yeah. being that, you know, Christian Bale to me was, was my favorite. And, and I think will always be my favorite, but I think Ben Affleck is really good. Like right after Michael Keaton left, um, Batman, it was a slew of bad Batman, you know, Clooney couldn't do it. Kilmer couldn't do it. It just, it didn't work out. This is a good transition here. And even Pattinson did okay also in, in his own right, in his own vision, his own way of it. But overall, yeah, Bat- Affleck was, he's definitely legit and definitely deserving of playing the role again. Yeah. My, my favorite line is when he is in his Lego Batman mode, beating the shit out of Superman. He, and he's like, and I'm going to butcher the line, but he's like, your parents must have told you you were special. The only thing I learned from mine is they died in the gutter is that the world only makes sense if you force it to. And I'm like, God damn. <laughs> I was watching that oh, last yeah. night. And I was like, Batman, I'm a therapist you need to talk to. I'm like, holy shit, he's got murder this man. <laughs> And he's like, I enjoy it too. Oh that's God. the thing. It's like, it's always, oh. I have to do it because no one else will. No one else will. And that's like, I have to do it because I want to. And it's like, God yeah. damn, man. <laughs> that's my, that's, that's probably the one so scene good. I've watched on repeat more often than anything else. And then, of course, why did you say that name? <laughs> you want to say that name. It, um, no, did like, you ever watch? Uh, did you ever watch? Uh, as we wrap up, have you ever seen Jay and Silent Bob reboot? No, not the reboot. Fuck, you have to see that movie. Yeah, because <laughs> they I'll make fun. They you gotta add that to your watch list right now because okay. they make fun of they they make fun of Batman versus Superman so much in that film. But what <laughs> makes it better is that and this is after justice league remember that at this point he's not even returning for the flash he's just done and there's a scene where ben affleck is ben affleck not the other roles that he's been in throughout the other dan silent bob movies he's just ben affleck and he's talking about you know um he oh he plays his character from finding amy for anyone that has seen the oh yeah 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 yeah. chasing chasing amy yeah chasing amy so he yeah. is the Ben Affleck character from Chasing Amy, not the other okay. one who's in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. He's that character. Gotcha. But right. he, um, he's basically talking about – so he, to, to spoil a little bit for you because it's not going to make sense otherwise, him and Amy have a child together, but they're not a couple because Amy's a lesbian. Okay. But right, they right. agree to have uh, Ben Affleck be the surrogate father. So okay. basically they're co-parenting and, and there's a monologue where he's talking about, you know, sometimes you just have to, you know, embrace life and you accept when things don't go well. And then he's like, yeah, you know, sometimes the world makes you feel like you're Bruce Wayne and then they take it away from you. <laughs> and like, <laughs> I saw an advanced screening of that movie and everyone in the theater is like, oh, this is not a funny scene. It's meant to be a sad scene that Kevin's, that Kevin Smith let Smith. write. He let him write that. So he put that in there. He's like, yeah, you know, as I've learned about, you know, raising my daughter with Amy, you know, you just have to accept these things in life because sometimes the world makes you out to be Bruce Wayne and then they <laughs> take it away from you. And it's like, oh, that is yeah. harsh. I just got two very quick things. One of my favorite lines, two of my favorite lines is like when Ezra Miller is like, well, what's your superpower? And he just looks at him and he's like, I'm rich. <laughs> to me, I was like, that's awesome. And then I don't know if, I think it's Justice League at the end of Justice League. Well, he's over there like uh, in the, the Kent farm and they're putting like the house back together, putting stuff. Oh, yeah. My, my Kent Super, Kent yeah. Superman's like, Hey, so how do you, how do you get the house back from the bank? He goes, easy. You buy the bank. <laughs> <laughs> that's so great. Oh <laughs> my great God. Line. You buy the bank. 
just just those moments it's like you know he he got it i mean i i I won't argue with people who say that michael keaton's the best batman ever but Mm -hmm. i you know i think he was i don't like i don't like christian bale as batman okay i actually like every other actor in that trilogy other than christian bale i don't think he was i don't think he was I i personally don't feel like he was best to be batman i've got nothing nice to say about Clooney. i actually think kilmer had potential if mm-hmm. you had anyone other than Joel Schumacher directing that movie. Okay. I think if you treat it like a serious film, much like the, um, uh, who, who did nightmare before Christmas, who did the first two Batman, Tim Burton's, if you Burton, had Tim Burton, Burton doing it with like Val Kilmer, I think you would have had a, I think Val Kilmer had better potential than, okay. than Clooney, but uh, Keaton for me, it's like, he he has moments where it's like he's he's Bruce Wayne for a good chunk of the film. He's actually not in costume for a good chunk of the film, but he doesn't act mm-hmm. much. He doesn't do much until Batman returns. From the mm-hmm. get-go, you see Batman as Bruce Wayne, and they get equal screen time, and you can understand how he's playing both and how he really understands who Bruce Wayne is, and he understands mm-hmm. who Batman needs to be. So, I mean, for me, Affleck will always be my – my favorite on-screen Batman. I mean, I even have, um, you know, fr- friend of the show, Matt Battaglia. I had him yeah, do yeah. A, a commission for me and he uh, drew his rendition of the famous Zack Snyder photo of Affleck in the cowl, looking down, standing in front of the Batmobile. It was the first image that was put out when they were doing the promo. Nice. Of Superman it is killer. It's also the screensaver on my phone. I don't know if you'll be able to see it from here, mm-hmm. but like it is, Oh, that's I mean, tight. Just, yeah. It I is like my – you will never – I don't think anyone will ever look as much like Batman as Affleck did on screen. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're, you're totally right. You're totally right. And I, and I think also um, the whole Dark Knight Returns Batman, it's like you just take a, took a picture of Ben and you put him on there because he has the body type, physicality, the acting chops, but the whole thing, it just – yeah, he looked – he was – it for me when it when that movie started and um like i said the whole like this in the corner and then i recognized the outfit and i was like <clears throat> you sons of bitches are doing it right <laughs> you know <laughs> so so yeah so that was you know that was my take but you know is the movie worth watching yeah it's worth watching it's worth a rewatch but is it um is it a classic dceu movie no. i don't I, I don't know i don't know i don't think it is no if you if you just if you just cut the screen time, cut all the subplots and made it just a fucking Batman movie, it would have been right. I mean, I, yeah. I don't think um, who, Michael, uh, who's the guy who plays Alfred? Jeremy Irons. Jeremy, Jeremy Irons, Irons was so underutilized by DC. He was a good Alfred. He made yeah. sense for Ben Affleck yes. in a way that the guy who plays, um, you know, Gollum, who's. Um, Andy who's, Circus. Uh, Andy Circus, who's uh, yeah. uh, who's uh, Alfred for the new Batman, Robert Pattinson. So the, the Batman. He just, yeah, he just like Robert Pattinson's just a dick for like ninety nine percent of the film. It's like, how can you be mean to? He really, he really is a dick. Ninety nine percent of that movie, he's he's I mean, young emo Batman. That's all he is. It's like, don't tell me what to do, Alfred. You're not my dad. It's like, <laughs> you're not my up, dad. Man. Shut up. <laughs> but um, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's just there's just so much potential and. Yeah. I, um, you know, when I watch it, I watch it in mind with this is a Batman movie that all these other people happen to be in. And I tend to enjoy it more. The only thing I would have I would have changed about mm-hmm. Ben Affleck Batman. If I have to accept that he's going to be like fucking murdering people without any remorse, I would at least take away the branding. That's a <laughs> bit much <laughs> like that's like. I like violence. I like that type of stuff in my movies, but that's some like Quentin Tarantino stuff. Like that's, that's, that's over the line for me. When Batman starts branding people, Uh that's when it's like, okay, like, is he going to be like calling pedophiles and doing a YouTube channel? Hello, I'm a 12 year old girl. Come to me. He brands (laughs) them. So everyone knows they're a pedophile in prison. Like that's just a bit. uh, Yeah. It's a, Jeremy Irons like talks to me and goes, "Oh, are we are we doing something new nowadays?" And and he looks at the branding and, and Ben is just like stoic and he's just like, "There's still criminals, Alfred. 
<laughs> and it's like, God damn! <laughs> Whether I brand them or not. Uh, well, we'll we'll go ahead it's and wrap that. it up there. Um, you know, All folks, right. this was definitely a movie where it's like you either love it or hate it. You heard my thoughts on it. You heard all of our gripes and uh, you know praises of it. But ultimately, uh, let us know what you think in the comments below over on Patreon or over on Facebook in our private group, the Second Per Comics Fan Zone. As always, remember, if there's one thing you could do, it's sweet. It's simple. It comes with justice. It's read comics and change the world. Night, America. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.